0: You are Locked On Vikings, your daily Minnesota Vikings podcast.
1: Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every
0: day. Today's show brought to you by MyBookie.ag. You play, you win, you get paid. Use the promo code LOCKEDON at MyBookie.ag. The Crossover Podcast's return. It's Locked on Vikings and Locked on Lions converging. My name is Sam Ekstrom, joined by esteemed Locked on Lions host Matt Derry on Twitter at Derry Speaks. Good morning, Matt. Sam, how you been, buddy? Doing okay. Football team's doing all right. Yours is as well. And I think that makes our jobs a lot more fun and enjoyable, wouldn't you say?
2: I would say so. I mean, two and one against two and one for uh, you know this upcoming Sunday. A lot of questions about the Lions and some of their injuries, and certainly the big question for you guys would would be who's going to start a quarterback. But all seem to be good last week with Case Keenum. who for some odd reason, just owns the Bucks. That's about it. So <laughs> a lot of good storylines for Sunday, right, brother?
0: Absolutely. And I'll dive right into the quarterback talker to uh, give your fans an idea of where that's at. Sam Bradford was not at practice yesterday. Coach Zimmer called it a day off, which is a little peculiar because Tuesday is a day off anyway. Why would you need another day off? Um, And maybe it is a deal where he needed some more rest and maybe he legitimately tried to give that knee a break from the stress of, of trying to practice, which he had done the previous two weeks, but it still gives a pretty negative vibe for his status going into Sunday, Case Keenum taking all the first-team reps. And from all the reports I'm seeing, a a bone bruise, which presumably is the injury that Sam Bradford is dealing with, that can be a a four- to six-week type of thing. It can be tough to play through, and it can really uh, hurt a quarterback's mobility. So I would put the odds at about 70% that Case Keenum is your starting quarterback on Sunday.
2: Well, what does that mean, Sam? Because, you know, I, I, I... I don't know. I, I'm not a Sam Bradford fan at all. And then, you know, preseason, the Vikings, and I now you were there, you know, I mean, their offense was God awful. And again, it's preseason. So no one cares. No one's talking about that now. Cause you're two and one. And then all of a sudden week one Bradford looks like the second coming of, uh, if you don't mind me saying a Tommy Kramer in his prime, That's <laughs> uh, to reach, but <laughs> regardless, uh, first Vikings QB that came to mind. Um, And then then obviously the injuries, it's got to be a little bit strange up there because, you know, he's always hurt. I can never – I'm never a guy that's been one that ever has relied on Sam Bradford to be anything special, but did he sort of turn a corner? And is this a, a devastating thing or no?
0: So Sam Bradford was coming off his first career stretch of playing two consecutive seasons. He had always had a season interrupted with an injury previously. Um, you know, and then of course he's he's had to switch teams a couple times. So he plays one year in Philadelphia that and he was healthy, he plays one year in Minnesota and he stays healthy. And then he comes back for a second year in Minnesota after two healthy seasons, and it was almost too good to be true because for the first time you felt like Sam Bradford was really in a position where he could succeed. And then he goes out and he throws for three hundred some odd yards against New Orleans. And it looks like he's really arrived. He's comfortable with Pat Shermer's offense. And then the other shoe drops. And then this non-contact bone bruise pops up, which is a mysterious injury in its own right. So now you've got all sorts of mysteriousness around the quarterback uh, future of this team. Because not only do you have Bradford you know, lingering, wondering when he's going to come back, but you've got Case Keenum playing well. And you've got Teddy Bridgewater eligible to come off the pup list in three weeks. So you've got big-time decisions coming up here. You've got knee injuries to two of your quarterbacks. And then the, the healthiest one, Keenum, probably has the lowest potential. So it's a it's a real crapshoot right now. And in Minnesota, you've got a pretty clear divide. You've got Team Teddy and Team Sam. And going into last week, nobody was on Team Keenum. But suddenly people have come around. And, and after one game, they're convinced that he can sort of tide things over until either Bradford or Bridgewater get back. Wow,
2: that's uh, uh, that's kind of a crazy scene. But you know, here in Detroit, uh, obviously Matthew Stafford is a guy, and what has happened here is there was the Stafford bashers and then there were the Stafford backers, and now all of a sudden everybody's on the bandwagon and everybody's very, very comfortable with what the Lions have at quarterback. And, boy, he's played terrific football and led him to a win last week. Uh, oops, a loss. And you know, this team could have been, you know, it was a half a yard away and an official's mistake away on the far sideline of whistling a guy in when he wasn't from being 3-0 and after knocking off the Falcons. Instead, it's 2-1, and but maybe it'll fire them up for a game on the road against Minnesota Sunday. Who knows? But – you know the, the the talk is very positive about the Lions here in Detroit, Sam. Very positive right now.
0: Oh, yeah, well, I, th- I would think it would have to be after what they did the first two weeks, the, the nice comeback against the Cardinals, great road win in a primetime game, and then obviously what happened against Atlanta, controversial, and a lot of positives to take away, and I, I don't know if you're a fan of moral victories, but it seemed like one of those, the way they battled there at the end. Is there a, a sense of acceptance i guess at this point of of how that game ended or are fans still a little bit bitter with uh the missed call and the runoff and and i guess i'm curious of what you think do you think he was down before the goal line
2: yeah i mean enough angles showed that it appeared he was i
0: I, I, there's some days i say look
2: the call was made it was conclusive they checked it they go through new york and it was the right call. And then another part of me will see a different angle from NFL films or something that, you know, a fan in the stands on his phone will tweet out and I'll go, man, he, he didn't really have full possession until he was in the end zone. So, you know, I, I, I do think that the Lions right now here in Detroit, and I've said it on the show, the Lions have kind of saved the sports fan here in Detroit for now because the other three teams, the Tigers are terrible. Uh, you know, the Red Wings are opening up a new building, but, but not a lot of the fans are very excited about the team. And the Pistons, same type of thing. Some apathy is out there. For the sports fan in Detroit, the best thing they've got, hands down, are the Lions. And here's a team that was, like I said, an inch away from being 3-0 and and knocking off the Falcons. So while there's upset, uh, there are some upset fans, and there's some, some, you know, certain anger for Sunday, people kind of turned the page and said, Listen, we're we're we might be legit, and we're getting the the Lewis Riddicks of the world, and the and the um, uh, uh you know the, the the analysts of the world, the Heath Evanses, and all these guys, Brian Billick, all on NFL Network or ESPN, all saying good things about us. So let's go into Minnesota and win, and go to three and one. And you think, man, if we would have said three and one for the first quarter of the season, that would have been a huge uh, accomplishment uh, based on how the schedule looked at the start of the year.
0: Quick pause, Matt, to remind people that if they want to make a little money, they can use mybookie.ag. Not to pat myself on the back too much, but I'm 3-0, picking against the spread for the Thursday night games. I'm taking Packers minus 7 tonight, and I'm sure you know, Matt, that where you're betting is just as important as who you're betting on, so that's why I recommend mybookie.ag, where you can use promo code LOCKEDON for up to a 100% deposit bonus. MyBookie.ag gets my stamp of approval, which I don't exactly give out lightly. They're one of the best in the business, and their rep is rock solid. They have 100% cash bonuses, so you can make money right off the bat. It's like you're playing with house money right away. They have the fastest payouts. Just two business days is all it takes, seriously. And it's really no different than going to Vegas into a glitzy sports book, except you can do it right on your smartphone. Trust me, MyBookie.ag is the place to bet. Tell them I sent you by using promo code locked On. Get over to MyBookie and get the best odds anywhere.
1: list
0: so bulletin board material right off the bat yesterday maybe you heard about it Everson Griffin comes out of the locker room and he calls uh, Greg Robinson lazy which is a rare moment of transparency from the locker room when you're in scrums it's a lot of compliments it's a lot of heaping coals on your opponent and saying nice things, and rarely do you hear a genuine piece of criticism like that. So I went through naturally. I watched basically every snap from the season so far of Greg Robinson, and there's plenty to pick apart. Pro football <laughs> focus doesn't really like him. Uh, what do Detroit Lions fans think of his potential? Obviously a big-time reclamation project sort of playing by default. Uh, how, how's that been working out?
2: I mean, if you ask Lions fans at the start of the year, all right, what's the biggest concern? I think 95% of them would have said left tackle based on, well, look, linebacker is going to be a concern. Uh, although Jared Davis hopefully plays Sunday, but he's been a nice upgrade. They're still not great on the outside, not that they play outside linebackers other than Whitehead a lot. Um, but, you know, the offensive line is always a concern. This year, it's not, with the, at least on the right side. With, uh, with Lang and Wagner, I know you and I talked this summer about it. Vikings doing the sort of the same thing on the other side. But uh, as far as left tackle, yeah, when you lose Taylor Decker for the first six weeks, whatever it's going to be, huge. I mean, the guy was awesome last year at left tackle. And, and um, so Greg Robinson for a half of football this year against the Giants on Monday night week two was god-awful. The rest, he's been fine. Stafford, knock on wood, has not been hit from the blind side much. Albeit uh, Olivier Vernon kind of kind of pantsed him a few times in in that Monday night game, and then Robinson bounced back and did okay. Uh, I, the, the players certainly will be asked about it today, and maybe Robinson will be cornered. I don't know if he'll want to comment on it or not. Knowing Jim Caldwell and knowing how the Lions operate, there will not be a war of words. There will not be a back and forth. This is a team that right now is extremely buttoned up. They're boring off the field. There's not a real a lot of controversy. They're all on. They're all on the same page. They're all on a string. They're led by Caldwell. He didn't even talk about his extension when he got it. Um, so, my guess is that Jim will tell the guys let's not comment. Let's not go there. Let him talk. Let's just go in there and win and, and, and get on the play and come home.
0: Yeah, we heard from Caldwell on a conference call yesterday a very buttoned up, classy individual, not one to get too controversial or heated in his words. I'll just give your fans an idea of where the Vikings' offensive overhaul is at. Probably even more drastic than what Detroit did. The Vikings have four brand-new starters on the offensive line from week one last year. And then the fifth guy is in a different position. Joe Berger moved from center to right guard. Then you've got the rookie, Pat Offline, at center, who's maybe been the most reliable lineman so far. He's been really good. Uh, They cut Alex Boone controversially before the season. They brought in the youngster Nick Easton to replace him and he's probably been the weak link to be honest he's had some holding calls and some protection issues but then the tackles have been solid mike remmers and riley reef and i know we had you on (laughs) after the reef acquisition and you basically said good luck have fun with riley and i think he he had some injury issues in training camp he was spotty in the preseason but the regular season has had pretty good results for the offensive line and the best part For Vikings fans, and knock on wood, they've been healthy for three weeks. And I don't think there was a healthy three-week stretch at any point last season. So that's a huge benefit to this line. They're finally getting some continuity. And I think I saw a stat on Twitter. The Vikings tackles have not allowed a hit or a sack this year in three games. So, uh, yeah, the offensive line has been very poised, very good. And and, uh, it helps, too, to have a nice running back in Dalvin Cook that can – uh, really stretched the field in the passing game as well.
2: Well, that, that's what I was going to ask you, is uh, how good has he been? Because certainly teams passed on him. Heck, the Lions passed on him. Uh, and elected to take Jared Davis. There was a, a contingent of Lion fans that wanted Cook at, at 23 when the Lions took, or, or 21 when the Lions took Jared Davis. So um, it seems like the running game is back. Is that, is that the case?
0: I think it's getting there. Now, it hasn't been necessarily consistent yet, the first half numbers are actually pretty poor for the running game. But then for whatever reason, in all three games, cook has exploded in the second half. He's gotten stronger as the games have gone on. And his second half yards per carry is between six and seven yards. Cause he's had some really big runs at the end of games, especially when they've been ahead and milking the clock away. Uh, I think the biggest benefit though, is that he can, he can pass block better than Peterson already. And he catches the ball better than Peterson already. Um, he had five catches for 72 yards against uh, the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. And that was just shy of Adrian Peterson's career high in passing yardage. You know, he had 169 all purpose yards. That's something that Peterson really did when he could, could beat you with the run and the pass. So that's a huge element that this team hasn't had in about a decade. Really cook is great at balance. He's pretty good at ball security so far. No fumbles. He's really a well-rounded player. So, I think the Lions will be impressed with what they see in Dalvin Cook. Obviously, he's only going to get better, and I think he's going to be a a pain in the butt of the other NFC North rivals for years to come, really.
2: Well, let's say this about the Lions' run game. Let's shift to Detroit for a second and let your listeners know that Mm -hmm. obviously the Lions' run game hasn't been good since Barry Sanders retired, uh, and that's fact. Uh, They still haven't had a 100-yard rusher since I believe Reggie Bush a few years ago, but they're trying to run the ball, and I think it was one of your players might have even been Everson Griffin, if I read correctly, said hey, they're really trying to run the ball. It seems like Stafford's trying to run himself. And if you'll, and we'll see this Sunday. My guess is there's going to be a lot of times where you'll see Stafford in a hurry-up situation change a play and, and check down to a run, which is rare. Stafford wanted to over the last years, just gunsling. And now they're, they're really trying to establish the run. They're actually running wide left with Amir Abdullah a lot, and you're going to think, well, why are you running left when you've got Lang and Wagner on the right? I don't know that question either, uh, but uh, or know that answer either. But they're trying; they're really trying to keep, keep, get Abdullah uh, carries and, and, and force the run, which is okay. I think it, it provides balance, and they're better blocking tight end wise when Ebron is not in the game, but Fells and Roberts are. Uh, they're they're deep at tight end, so yeah, it's it's usual when you look at the lines and go, oh, the Lions scored thirty two points last week. Well, twenty six; the six were taken away at the end, but. Um, and it was and they're trying to mix the run in used to be oh Stafford threw for you know 56 times or 50 times or 40 times it's actually less they you know, two weeks ago against the Giants on Monday night Stafford threw for 125 yards but his passer rating was over 110 so they are trying to try to finally run the football the question's going to be is this Vikings defense back to being the identity the Zimmer D that has been over the last few years before last year and will the lions have success running against you know, a guy like Joseph in the middle, who I think Stafford said yesterday, is as good a run-stopper as they play.
0: Yeah, Joseph, an extremely underrated run-stopper. I mean, really one of the best nose-tackles in the NFL. Just signed a big extension in Minnesota. I wanted to go back, because you mentioned that final drive against Atlanta. And I was watching the film back, and former Viking Zach Karen actually had a holding call on that drive <laughs> that, that sort of hijacked things as you were gaining momentum toward the red zone. Uh, I didn't even realize you signed Karen. You've got a couple of former Vikings, actually. Karen and Jeff Locke, your new punter. Was Karen in for an injury? Uh, was that Lang who got hurt in that situation?
2: Now, that was uh, so. last week. Um, the Lions lost. Travis Swanson, their center, didn't play. So, Glasgow, Graham Glasgow, the starting left guard, is the backup center. He moved to center. The backup left guard is Joe Dahl. Joe Dahl goes down with a knee injury. He's out for the year. Didn't play last week. Then they put him on IR this week. So they had to go out and get Zach Karen right at the start of the year. Uh, they got they got him at the start of the season and released some other guys and, and just basically Karen went from you're right the last offensive lineman on the team and a third stringer to starting at left guard last week. So yes he uh, he was out there. I think this week he'll be back to um, the bench and I also believe that Tim Lolito, L- who they just signed, who's a Michigan native, uh, I think he would probably play ahead of Karen now just like Dahl would have, but Dahl's out for the year. So, yeah, that's uh, kind of the musical chairs of the left guard situation over the last two weeks.
0: Yeah. I mean, I would give you kind of the the Vikings injury rundown, but there's not really much to report other than the quarterback situation. They have a, a reserve defensive end who missed practice with an illness, Stephen Weatherly, but there's nothing else to really talk about from an injury standpoint. A couple guys have been dinged up. Xavier Rhodes has had a little lingering hip issue, but the Vikings have been actually a pretty healthy bunch. So far, the Detroit Lions injury report, a little more extensive. You had four guys not practicing yesterday, Ansa, Don Carey, TJ Lang, Dwayne Washington. What's the concern level for all those guys?
2: Well, you know, TJ's been banged up, but he's played. I'm surprised that they listed him and put fibula on the actual injury report uh, because that's extremely telling. I would assume he's going to be okay. He seems to play through these things. Ziggy Ansah's had the knee issue and has been on the injury report pretty much all year, but he was dominant uh, in week two. And then last weekend, didn't record anything. I mean, he played, but if you go to the stat sheet, it was goose eggs everywhere when he and Anthony Zettel, who, who's really starting to come on when, when Ansah and Zettel are converging at the quarterback from those end positions, the lions are pretty tough to beat. And their defense has been much more opportunistic this year and taking the football away. And, Part of that is is the pressure that they've gotten, especially from Zettel and at least from Ziggy in week two. But um, that's another concern. We talked earlier, you and I, about concerns and, and I told you the offensive line a little bit and left tackle, but the pass rush was, was number two. And because who do they have with, with Kerry Heider out for the year and Brandon Copeland out for the year? And I told I, I was pushing for Dwight Freeney and at least for the Lions to sign him as a designated pass rusher, but they seem okay and comfortable with sort of the rotation that they have going right now. With Zettle, Cornelius Washington, Ziggy Ansa, uh, Jeremiah Ledbetter who's a rookie, has moved inside and outside. So, you know, we'll we'll see if they can get to the quarterback, but that would be the key for me for Sunday, Sam, is is the Lions have gotta get in Case Keenum's face. The highlights that I saw of you guys last week, boy, he looked comfortable back there and at home, uh, you know, looked like he had all day to throw.
0: He didn't get sacked, and I think he got hit just once. It was a very comfy day for Keenum. They also got him out of the pocket because he's got a little bit more mobility than Sam Bradford. He's not quite as statuesque, so he has one element that Bradford doesn't have. I don't think he's as consistent a quarterback as Bradford, so that's where you get scary where you see him put up You know, 369 yards, I think, and three touchdowns. Is he due for a big letdown? Obviously, the Lions have been very opportunistic with seven interceptions this year, so it makes you wonder. Um, That's that's concern for me is, is Keenum going to come back to earth? There are stretches in his career where he's been very good at taking care of the ball and stretches in his career where he's been very, very poor at taking care of the ball. Some four-pick games on his resume. So the Lions defense, I think, is a little underrated. I think that's a concern for me. And another concern would be on the other side of the football with the Vikings secondary. Now, I know what you're thinking. Xavier Rhodes is an elite cornerback. Yes, he is. He's done a great job so far against Mike Evans, did a good job against Antonio Brown and Michael Thomas in the first week and the hashtag around here is Rhodes Closed when a big receiver comes in. Yeah, about as cheesy as it gets. The Lions come in, I always think, well, Golden Tate might be their best receiver. He's more of a slot guy. That's a little more uncomfortable for Rhodes to shadow a guy in the slot. So I don't know if you can just shut down uh, whichever guy you want if you're Minnesota. I think they're going to have to really get the team together with Mackenzie Alexander in the slot, or whether it's Terrence Newman and Trey Waynes on the outside and beyond Rhodes, there are issues with each of those cornerbacks. You know, Newman it might be losing a step at his 39-year-old age. Mackenzie Alexander is unproven. Trey Waynes has been below average this year, was pretty poor, actually, against the Saints and Steelers. So there is actually, I think, a susceptibility on this Vikings secondary, aside from Rhodes, if the Lions choose to exploit it.
1: I mean, We
2: know Trey, we know Trey Waynes from here because he played at Michigan State, and I, I thought he was really good in college, and A little surprised he left early, but then, he's yeah, from what I watch of him, I'm not impressed at that level. I think he's regressed, if anything, from college to the pros. And when you look at the Lions passing game right now, they've got to get Eric Ebron going. Uh, Dropped two huge passes last week. Apologized on Twitter. Said his performance wasn't up to snuff. Uh, You know, I think they're better at tight end and they're deeper. The receivers, Kenny Galladay, has got to watch. A rookie on the outside who in week one was just tremendous. and He's big. He's not Calvin Johnson yet, but um, he's going to be pretty good. So, you know, look, the, the, when the Lions have won at Minnesota, it's been through the air and it's been Stafford Heroics going back to last year. Yeah, Golden Tate's definitely their best guy, but Kenny Galladay's a got to watch for sure. He's got some good size and speed on the outside.
0: Well, Matt, it's already flown by about 25 minutes with you here. Um, I, I got to run off to Winter Park and get the report today from Vikings land, but let's get a prediction on the record here for Vikings and Lions in this crossover podcast. Uh, Who you got on Sunday, and what's the final score?
2: I I actually have the Lions winning again. Um, I I think they're going to bounce back from last week. I think having Jared Davis healthy will help them. Uh, Last week they didn't have him at middle linebacker, and that really showed they suffered immensely with Nick Ballore out there and Warlow and guys like that. Jared Davis I think will be back. So I'll say say the Lions will win a, a 20- you know, 27-21 game um, and, and score some points and, and, and get the win and bounce back. I, I know it's tough sometimes to play back-to-back home games like the Vikings are. And, and you know, Case Keenum, is he going to do it again? I don't I don't think so. I'll take the Lions to win by six. How about you?
0: Well, I'd probably get crucified by the folks here if I didn't take the Vikings to win at home. Uh, they've looked great in two home games. And, and the one nugget that I do have is that in six games against Mike Zimmer, um, if you if you discount the overtime session last year when they played here, the Lions have not reached 20 points against Mike Zimmer over the last three seasons. They've had 16, 16, 17, 19, 13. Uh, they, they've not gotten to 20. So I'm just going to count on that trend continuing for Mike Zimmer to sort of have that secret formula to contain this explosive Lions offense. So I'm going to give the Vikings a 23-19 win. A lot of field goals in this game. I think it's going to come down to the end, and, and it scares me to say that because the Lions always seem to win at the end. But uh, I guess I'll go with Minnesota here at home in a game that they really have to have because the schedule is going to get pretty tough for Minnesota here down the stretch.
2: Sam, thanks, man. It was a lot of fun. Locked on Lions, locked on Vikings. We love doing this. Uh, I think you and I have a good chemistry, and it should be a fun game on Sunday.
0: Yep, and looking forward to the Thanksgiving Day rematch in a couple months. You're on Twitter, at Dairy Speaks. I'm on Twitter, at Sam Ekstrom. Our listeners can follow the other person for updates on the opposition heading into Sunday's game. Thanks a lot, Matt.
2: Thank you, Sam.
0: This Locked On crossover has been brought to you by MyBookie.ag. Get into all the action with MyBookie.ag, where they will match your deposit up to 100%. Use the promo code On.
1: the list.